0: So, what are we going to talk about? Well, (laughs) I am enjoying the series Lost and Found and the 99 to 1. How about you? Everybody liking that? It's so cool to be here. I've got to give thanks because this house and my spiritual parents are really who made and, and stood with me and were over me as a covering and authorities in my life helped me grow up, helped me release to be what I can do by the anointing to the younger generation that's usually not in here. So I don't know you folks, not unless you're back in that coffee shop with us. So it's cool to be out here on Wednesday nights, but I'm just telling you once you're in a home like this and you're in a family where you can connect to and you get disciplined, man, the things God allows you to do and operate in the anointing. I just thank God for that tonight. So let's get this thing started. In youth, we've been talking about in my series tonight, if you want to take notes, you college guys better be taking notes. I can't get the youth to take notes. If y'all find out a trick, tell me. Must be something media savvy. It is going to be filled with dreams. I knew Sunday, because the pastor usually tells me, well, he usually tells me sometimes in advance and sometimes he doesn't. He says, You're going to preach this last minute so I won't sweat. <laughs> you know? So sometimes I know, sometimes I don't. But I knew I might. <clears throat> and God spoke to me Sunday morning. He said, Filled with dreams. Now, y'all know the movie, right? If you build it. They will come. That's baseball, by the way. So in youth, we've been laying this thing out, and we've been talking about, oh, man, Beck, that's amazing. You even got grass up there. <coughs> Dang, we are getting advanced in this house. This is awesome. So in youth, we've been talking about the parable of the sower because we laid a lot of foundation last year, and God said it's time to start with something else. So we're going to kind of highlight that, and I'm going to tie this into and contrast into two things. We're going to talk about the great commandment. We're going to talk about the great commission. Then we're going to talk about how you're going to be effective at going after the one. Does that sound okay? Look at your neighbor and say, oh, he's about getting ready to start here. Something's fixing to happen. That's a lot of things to say in one time. He's about to start. Just look at him and say, he's about to start. He's about to start. All right. So I want you to look at Matthew 13 four through eight and let's just read this parable real quick we're going to lay this foundation in the message if you don't have that that's okay new king james king james this is the parable that we've been talking about in youth as he scattered the seed some of it fell on the road and birds ate it some fell on the gravel and it sprouted quickly but it didn't pull down roots so when the sun came up it withered just as quickly Some fell into weeds. As it came up, it was strangled by the weeds. But some, this is the fourth soil, fell on good ground and produced a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. Now, we're not going to spend a lot of time breaking down each soil. There's four different ones. The one we always hear about in your translation, normally, New King James, is the wayside. I always thought of the wayside as on the side like a ditch you know back in them times there was different soils there wasn't as my wife has studied out there wasn't boundaries and this is my land and this is your land and it's just land and you just traveled it but there was this wayside there was this stony ground I think of that as like trying to plant seed on asphalt it'd be kind of hard but i've seen grass grow up through concrete and then there was thorny ground as we've heard thorns it choked the word we laid this out to the youth So i want you to hear this then there was this good ground this good soil well i mean if you really if you really broke these down you could relate to these four types as your heart you could say they're reflections of your heart at different points of your life in my life i've been in all four high school wayside don't talk to me about god i didn't know what people were talking about when they said that i didn't want anything to do with it so as soon as it came the enemy snatched it the birds ate it You can't preach to me because i wasn't ready it's timing second soil stony i told him well it's kind of like in the military we were going to war everybody got holy you're about to die i mean that's what we thought so I got holy for a little while. But see, there was no root. Deep roots that can't be. When the storms come and the pressure comes, and it just can't be pulled up. Like I said to them, you got no nutrients. You need some, you need some ego power. Y'all don't know what that means unless y'all know Nacho Libre. <laughs> That's my man. Walked in backwards. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> but the third ground and we'll talk about this later, because I don't want to spend a whole lot of time here, thorns. To me, this is the cares, this is the pressures, this is the material things, this is all the other stuff that gets in the way that gets into your heart, and tries to choke what you have, okay? And I think that's the one, probably after the military in my life, I was overseas in the Middle East, around the Holy Land, and again, I had a lot of money, had a lot of time, I was bodybuilding, doing all my stuff, so I... I didn't want none the God yet, because the stuff was too, too much greater on my heart. But then I came and I got into this house, and I started hearing God, in timing and conditions in the soil. That word preached from this pulpit got up in there, which is what we're going to talk about in a minute, and it started plowing. It cultivated my heart. It was ready, you know. Y'all know the hill country is not the best place to dig. You know I hate thistles. I told the youth that I I did this one time, and I could not believe this worked. But my, what's that weed killer that's real, real strong? Roundup. I mean, I bought Roundup, and the thistle's like, (laughs) try me again. I was like, are you serious? That stuff's like $30 a bottle. And the thistle's looked at me the next day and was just like, what you got next? I'm like, dude. So my brother, he's a genius. He says, use diesel fuel. Because he almost brought down the whole 22 acres he had with diesel fuel one time. And my house was in the way. And then his garden hose only went till halfway across the road. I'm like, dude, are you serious? That was crazy. So he says, put diesel fuel on those thistles. Okay? So I poured it on the ground. I thought, hey, what better way to get to the root? And you know, if you don't get to the root of a thistle, it comes back. You know you can mow your garden mow your garden mow your garden and if you don't get the root it comes back well these thistles i, I mean every day I come home and look at the thistle look at the thistle and there it is he says no you got to put it on the leaves to get down into the inside of the plant and the plant takes it down the root i was like whoa that's deep stuff man i didn't know that so that was just free <laughs> what i want you to understand is this there's something you have to see before we go any further I'm going to contrast these soils and the sower into two things, and that's what you understand is a great commandment a great commission and what we've been taught in this body about going after the one. Building your foundation. You're the sower. The sower is is not just a pastor, okay? I'm sowing seed. In youth, I took candy and threw it at him. You should have seen him receive that seed. Olivia was so hungry that day. Where is she at? They said she dove for the candy, <laughs> I had to get her I'll get it back you know what was I doing I was casting seed well that's what we do that's what you do but what I want you to understand is this see you got to be a faithful farmer and I don't know if you understand what that means I mean I grew up on a ranch so um maybe you understand it maybe you don't but listen to this statement if Jesus says it this way, it's got to be important. And he says it like this Look at Mark 4 and 13. This is Jesus. This is big honcho here. Red letters, as they say. He says this If you don't understand this, how can you understand all the other parables? Now, my version is if you don't understand this, you don't understand Jack. And that's the way we preach in youth. If you don't understand this, the sower sows the word. Well, let me tell you to you this way. If you don't understand how to be a farmer and take the word and let it plow up your garden. See, I don't know how lush your garden is. You know, I get called these names by my sons, pasture. They say, my dad's a pasture. Was it a big freaking field? What is? What the heck is that? I thought it was pastor. Pasteur, Pasture. Louis, what's that dude's name? Pasture. They call me a pastor. So I think, well, maybe my field's bigger than everybody else's. I got more work to do. So you got to understand what? If you don't understand this, how are you going to understand anything else? That's what I love about this house for 15 years. How do we do the word? So you tell these youth and you tell these college kids, do the word, do the word, do the word. And they're looking at you like... Should I take a note? Yes! Take notes! Hang on, just think and remember this. Go home. Take this. Pray over it. Look at it. Let the Holy Spirit come to you, and now he shows you something new. Guess what you're doing? You're farming. You're sowing. But you're not just sowing. There's two different ways you can look at it. You're digging up this. Because you're coming in this house, broken. You got stuff. Hurts, pains, disappointments, things that was said, things that was assigned to you. You've got to farm, man, before you ever understand the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. So let's look at that. Man, I never go off my notes. Okay, I told you it's going to get crazy. So, you understand there's two things you need to see yourself in A, you're the sower, B, you need to be a farmer, whether you understand that or not, because the word is what's going to cut you. It's going to plow you. My dad would hook up to the back of a tractor, a big old thing that had all these discs on it, and it would just split the ground wide open because it was heavy and probably sharp. Well, that's what you got, the word. Sharper than any two-edged sword. One half cuts you, one half cuts when you speak it because when you speak it, it doesn't return void, and it does exactly what you set it out to accomplish if it's by faith, and you believe it when you say it. So what I'm going to tell you about is it's amazing to be taught this in this body. See, we understand framing our world by the power of God's word. Because he said it, life and death are in the power of your tongue. You have what you say. So there's power in this. But see, I want to be effective. I want to be effective at when I walk out of here that somebody sees something so attractive. It ain't just a, a Sunday, Wednesday thing. See, I got to affect... 11 of my boys and then they got to turn around and affect all of ingram and anywhere else they go in their lives so i gotta pass this down i'm telling you what i i like about this we frame our world by the power of god's word and we've been taught that since day one in this body so you dig and you cultivate your own heart every day because out of the heart is where everything springs forth Let's look at one scripture just real quick, and I'll back that up. Luke 6.45. Let's take a look at the heart. And then I'll tell you two things you're called to. Now, I preached this in 18 minutes in youth, so I'm going to try to hold out for 45. (laughs) Or as long as that T is going to take me to hit the bathroom. Luke 6.45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, what, folks? your mouth speaks so you got to dig you got to understand what it means to be a sower if you don't understand this you don't understand Jack gotta understand this parable man well guess what I don't know what soil you are in hey man Josh might have the luscious garden of all of us I don't know but I know one thing he's in one of those four categories and he's got to be a farmer and he's got to be a faithful farmer to do the word not just on Sundays and Wednesdays, man. That's too easy. You have to do it every day. Because see, guess what? you got two things right now. And look at your neighbor and say, yeah, man, you got two things. Two things that you're called to, whether you know it, whether you believe it, or whether you understand it. Number one, hey, you're called to preach. Now be careful when you say that because I didn't mean preacher. See, I didn't want to be, and I fought and thought and told God no, and you don't want to do that. And then he gives you 11 kids. <laughs> don't, be careful what you say. No. What's cool about it, though, is A, you're called to preach the gospel. Matthew 20 and 18, you don't have to turn there, but you understand that is the great commandment. We've all been called to preach. What? The good news to all. And the first thing he said was go. That means do something. But you've been called to preach. Now, I didn't say you're called to a five-fold ministry gift pastor. I said you're called to preach. Number two, you're called to the ministry. And you didn't know this, but you have a ministry. You're like, what? Yeah, man, you have a ministry. The Bible says you have a ministry of reconciliation. And if you want to turn here, we could put this up there. This is 2 Corinthians 5.18. We can look at it. I told Becky I'd probably use half of these scriptures. So now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Say, I have a ministry. Yeah. What? Reconcile. Walk in the love of God. First, preach. What? The good news. Well, maybe start with what God's done with you. Or maybe just listen, like Pastor says. I mean, I'm just telling you, you have a ministry. What I call that is what happens to me every day, situational ministry. Every time I go into the gym or a store or anywhere, a situation comes up. And I love it, man. I love it because just the other day, I was taking Sean, who works for me, is in this house. And I love to go into the gym and beat up on him in racquetball first and then work out hard. But he's getting better. And... (laughs) It's not long before that changes. And the maintenance guy, we've been talking to these guys forever in this gym. It's just a ministry situation. He comes up to us because we're trying to get another gym we're putting together for the school. And he's asking me about something. I'm telling him about this MMA gym. And, he, and I said, yeah, these dudes are Christians. I said, they come to our church. You wouldn't think these MMA guys are Christians. You know, They didn't think I was probably a Christian. You didn't know. And I said, I said yeah, man, they're, they're rough, but they will beat the crap out of you. He's like, man, that's awesome. I'd love to go train there, but I'm not a Christian. And I'm not saved or something. And I said, well, that's okay. <laughs> I said, there's a lot of them in there that's not. See, I had a situation. Now, I didn't say, oh, most heavenly Father, God, brother, thou, you need to get yourself washed and cleansed and then go to this gym. Uh, get right with God. Get right with Jesus, boy. No, no, no. I said, dude, this is the stuff you've been asking me about. You want to get in shape? These dudes are awesome. they got a heart for people. And then they will whip you. <laughs> and I said, that, that's just how they are. He's like, really? I said, yeah. I'm going to take you there personally and let you get beat up. I will sit and watch you. <laughs> no, I didn't put that in there, but that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Situational. It happens all the time with us. And I love to show my sons. We go to the movie theater the other day. We're watching a movie. Because they were off on Monday, and this dude behind the thing, and my son's in the children's church dancing, so he can't testify this. This dude's handing out the stuff, and I just want to sneak in there real quick, at these chocolate almonds, and this dude's got this gigantic tattoo on his forearm. Now, how many people know the Christian symbol ictus? The fish, right? This dude's got one over eight inches long on his forearm. And I'm like, dude, that is an amazing tattoo, bro. He's like, yeah, I don't know what it means. I said, you went eight inches on your forearm with a Christian symbol and you don't know what it means? He's like, yeah. I said, let me tell you, brother. Well, first he said, my grandfather had it on his money clip. I said, really? I said, let me tell you what that was in the early church. For 400 years, the church was dead. I said, man, when people walked up, they dropped down the sand because they didn't know who each other was. And one half of the one would sit down and draw one half of the fish. And if the other guy drew the other half, he knew they were like minded of the same faith. And he wasn't going to die. He's like, whoa, I've been looking, man. That's awesome. And I walked off. My son's like, oh my God, Dad, now he knows what that means. You didn't say, hey, I'm a preacher. Hey, you know, all this religious restraints. You just were, and I was like, yeah. Isn't that cool? Now he's going to go search it out. I mean, the dude went big on the arm. I was like, what a Christian fish, dude. And he was like, I don't even know what it means. I was like, really? Okay, dude, that's awesome. Situation. Okay? Now let's thread these through. Let's thread these through the two things we've been taught here. Well, I'm going to tell you this. The great commandment. You know what, my heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself let me just tell you like this this is why God said this we laid the soils out and we're telling these youth that if you don't understand the word and you don't understand how to sow and you don't understand how to farm you're effective for nothing Jesus said it man if you don't know this how can you understand anything else well love the Lord your God takes time he's got to get in here you got to understand some things. you got to get this thing split open and let the love of God come in for a little while. And you got to see yourself, A, how God sees you. Because, see, the way we see ourselves all jacked up. I'm too fat. I'm too this. I'm too this. I'm not rich enough. You know, I had to break all that. It took 15 years of discipleship training under the word. Now that when I'm disciplined enough, I understand because I've been doing this word for 15 years, and it's never going to stop. I can't stop. Because a good farmer knows how to farm. But what you got to do is you got to understand how God sees other people, too. So the love of God has got to come into your heart by farming and plowing first. Otherwise, you're not going to really understand the great commandment, and it just takes time. Man, when I first got saved, I was dangerous. You know, people thought I was a whack job. And I darn near run some of them completely off. Because I was so excited that these truths i thought everybody was just perfect and all christians lived together in harmony and it's kind of like that joke the little kid and his grandfather going down the road and they're out in the well, you know like a country road man he sees that old donkey on the field he says granddad is that donkey a christian the granddad looked over and said what no why because we well, looks like all those christians at church with that face i was like See, I thought everybody was perfect, and we went like Julian Melfi did. He'd fly, la, 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 through the garden, tiptoeing. I mean, I just didn't know. But I had to put this in me. I had to do what the sower does, what the farmer does. And then out of that, man, you're so excited, dude. You're telling everybody. You know, and I kind of had to get relevant. See, because Jesus was a little relevant, man. He went from one culture, heaven, to this earth, to be the example of how to be real. The dude set with sinners, the dude set with tax collectors. Often I ask, um, where is Taylor? Why? There he is. He's got a great explanation. Why are sinners and tax collectors in the same category? He said, we are what? Res- res- prepares." <laughs> he said, we're not tax collectors, we're preparers. I said, why are y'all in the same bad category? <laughs> Tax collectors and then sinners. It, you don't get it, man. Come on. That was funny, dude. But he said they we were preparers. He, said he took himself completely out of the category. And then you got the Pharisees and the Sadducees that all making, you know, just griping and mumbling. Because they've seen this dude for 30 years astound them at what he knew in the Word. See, he was farming. He was farming for 30 years. He was preparing. He was sowing. He was digging up. He was putting stuff in. The nutrients. So, man, he was effective. He was effective because he could be anywhere, and he could blend in any culture and environment, and he was still what we call attractive. They saw something different in him. That's what they see at the gym. We don't go around skipping through the tulips, man. You know, they'd probably kick us out of the gym. But we're up in there having a great time laughing. And they just, I don't know, man. I don't think they could figure it out. But that's what it's about. So, let's talk about this you got to thread it through these two things. The great commission, the great commandment, you got to take your time sowing and you got to be a farmer. Get God in you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart takes time. With all your soul, your mind, your will and emotions takes time to get junk cleaned out, man. I know. We're going to work on that for the rest of our lives. That's what the word does. And then the things that were attached to you, the things that were said to you, the things that you still believe about yourself, it takes some sowing, some farming, some digging. And then, love the neighbor. Oh, man, it's easy to love everybody, but the ones close to you. I told the youth, you need to practice in church. That's where you practice in church. If you can't love these, how are you going to love them? And then you got to ask God what I did. Let me see how lovely and awesome they are, and let me love them like you love them. And then you don't see all the stuff. You don't ever judge them. You don't hold nothing against them. Man, i got youth that show up looking like I don't even know what they are, sometimes. I, I, I don't see any of that. I want to see right straight into their heart, into their destiny, and I want to love them just like Jesus did. Unconditional, man. That's what you've got to take time to do from the parable of the sower. And then you can do the two things. You can be good at the great commandment, and then you got the great commission. Just said go. Just go. Be who you are. Preach. First thing is you've got to go. It ain't about these four, how's dad say it? These four and no more, right? These four walls and no more? Some saying. Man, I mean, I, you, you cannot help but get excited, man, when somebody gets it. And I love, man, I love when, you know, they ask you. Because a lot of times I don't tell them who I am. You know, I don't go and tell the guy behind the counter, oh, and I'm a youth pastor, and you'll be here on this service, and, you know, we'll anoint you and baptize you, and you'll be free. No, I just said, hey, man, that's what that is, and walked off. Because I know one... Sows, one waters, and one digs it up. That's what God is. He brings the labors of love by to fix it all and keep on watering it. So, what are we going to get in this thing? Well, right foundation, folks. Man, I've been in it 15 years. And when you have your foundation and your statement of faith intact, that's what I call intact. That's three things. Understand salvation. Well, I'm walking that out every day because salvation is complete wholeness. And it's it it it, it's so much more than a one-time experience. It's actually day to day. Understand the benefit of repentance, man. It's a way of thinking that you know what I keep missing it, but I don't want to do it no more. Turns in your mind to where you keep sowing, you keep digging, you keep doing the word until one day you got it. You're in good soil, baby. The thing is growing now. And when the weeds come in, you know what to do. Go get your diesel fuel. Don't put it on the root, though. Put it on the leaves. It goes down into the dang root. <laughs> and don't waste your money on a roundup. Use the word. It's more powerful than anything. I told the youth, the word of God is what? It's so sharp, it can penetrate the soul and the mind. It can separate your, 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 your soul from your spirit. It can penetrate down to the bone and the marrow of the bone. So it goes deeper than anything else. It's the thing to use. So what does that do to you? Well, if you understand salvation... And you're working that out day to day because you're sowing, you're farming. You understand this parable. Now you can understand the other parables. See, your salvation, you understand the benefit of repentance, you operate, and you know just the normal, who the Holy Spirit is, and what he does to your life is amazing. He takes you so far up higher to know truth. And when truth is in you, the other stuff do not want to be there. And it takes time. But that's what makes you so attractive out there. And then, you know what? When you're going after those ones, it's not really that hard. It just takes time. But you can just be yourself because you're out there and it's exciting. We become disciplined people. That's what I want to tell you. And when you're disciplined, you're doing what I'm talking about. You're the difference. You can be just like Jesus. You can engage in all environments. You know, I don't freak out when somebody lights up a cigarette or throws a couple F-bombs in front of me or, you know, does what they do. I mean, if you do that, you might run them off. They might think you're a religious hostage. I don't know what they'll do. They might put a cross up at you and hiss. (laughs) back. Or maybe you'll do that to them. (laughs) I don't know. But I'm going to tell you something, man. When you know who you are, you've been sowing, you've been digging, and you got this great commandment in your heart, and you're out there doing the Great Commission. God sets it up. God sets that up. God set that guy up behind that, that movie theater. God set that I've been talking to that maintenance guy forever. And then he says, man, I can't go there. I ain't no Christian. I can't go there. I ain't saved. No, dude. That's where you need to be. Because you love exercise. You want to get ripped, baby. You just don't know you're going to get beat up, too, and find God. <laughs> We will beat you up, and then we will heal you and deliver you right after we beat you up. (laughs) But that's different, though, and it's attractive. And what have they seen? What has he seen? Come on, church. You know what he's seen. Well, you're divorced. Well, you're this. You know, he's heard all those things, man. He ain't going to hear that from us. No, not in this house. (laughs) He's going to see something different because you're a farmer and you understand the parable. When you're going after the one, the ones get set up in front of you. It might not just be one; it might be many. So let's end with this. I love what Steve Kelly said. What walks in the father runs in the family. Man, that's the heart of the father. He invented family. He sets you up, puts you in a house. In this house, you learn how to operate in your house, and when your house operates and it's not divided, then you're effective out there. And then what do you do? You do what I'm saying. You're just a sower, man. You're sowing seed. You're digging. You're farming day to day with the word. And now you've got this great commission. You've got the great commandment in your heart. And you're working on that. And you have already got two things. You're called to preach, and you're called to the ministry of reconciliation. So you know what you got to do. And then it's just easy. God sets this thing up. He sets up the ones around you. Now, your job ain't to do clean, clean and do all the stuff to the ones. You're just fishing. So what do you do? If it's right time and you tell them, come on. And then they come in the house where the pillar of truth is. And guess what? You're here. And the encounter is so effortless that the word cleanses them. And they're like, dude, there's something different about this place. That guy gets up there and talks about beating people up. And then loving them. Or maybe loving them, then beating them up. I don't know which one's first. And then man, I'm telling you, man, the word is so powerful. It does what we're talking about. And then that one goes out and gets another one. And so guess what happens? See, you've been discipled. You're now a disciple making disciples. Because God is building his house. So if I had to end this tonight, what would I say about Field of Dreams? If we build it, they will come. How about if we become a faithful farmer and we sow. Well, they will come cuz God's building his house. He's building his house and we're just doing what we're called to do. We're sowing the word. Simple stuff. But it takes some time. So God builds his church, we make disciples, right folks? But you got to be a good farmer. You got to understand this parable cuz if you don't understand this you ain't going to understand Jack. And I want to be effective at the one. I want to be effective at the lost coin and the parable of the, of the uh, prodigal. There's actually two sons in that story. But i got to understand this. And, man, when you talk about the youth and people, you're like, know, hey, man, how you you got to do the Word. you got to do the Word. <laughs> They're kind of like, what? What does that mean? Well, yeah, you're doing the Word now. You're listening to it Wednesday, and you listen to it Sunday. But it's the only thing powerful enough that when you leave here, You can speak it over yourself. You can meditate on it. You can muse it, chew it, do whatever you got to do. And listen, man, God knows where you're at. That's what's cool. You might be, you might still be on the wayside. That's okay. You know what's cool about that? I thought I was going to finish, but I'm not. You know what's cool that God said? He said, sow the word to all of them. He didn't say, now just sow to Fabian. Because Fabian's good soil but don't sow to, the, sow, sow to those guys over there because they're the wayside. No, 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 no. He said, sow to the wayside, sow to the stony ground, sow to the, sow to the thorny ground, and sow to the good soil. And you know what God said to the disciples when he said, go and do this and gave them all his power and all his authority? He said, if they don't receive it, dust your feet off and keep going. It ain't your job. I will bring the increase. I will water it. I will set up the people to come by. So man, that's that takes the pressure off of you. Just keep sowing. Just keep farming. That's all I got. I can't make up anything else. Glory to God. (laughs) Amen. That's what I wrote at the end. Amen. Okay. Well, I love you guys, and I thank you for the opportunity to be here. That's who we are in this house.